Well, uh, good morning, Grace Commons. Um, something you might not know about uh, these services is that there is a, uh, there's about a 90-second lag online. So while you're hearing this, I'm, I'm already 90 seconds ahead of you. Um, yet, in the middle of all that, we're still going to try something uh, today to see if we can get a little bit of a, a, uh, some conversation and uh, some feedback and maybe, maybe some form of dialogue happening. You know, oftentimes when we have met in person, when we've been able to meet in person, I have uh, been able to kind of check in with people um, here in the sanctuary right after the service or on the, in the atrium with a cup of coffee in my hand or... Uh, even later in the week from time to time, and I'm so uh, hungry for that. So at the end of this, uh, we're going to sort of condense our teaching and preaching time a little bit today. I hope that the Lord uh, helps me to do that. And um, then we'll invite comments and questions in the chat that you're watching uh, right now, and um, we'll collect those during uh, the song right after this uh, time. And then I'll come up here and Ash will rejoin me and we'll seek to have just a little bit of a conversation about some of the things that you've said, wondered about, questioned, asked about this teaching um, right after that. So uh, this series is called Dangerous Prayers. And part of that is just a recognition that oftentimes our prayers are, are pretty domestic, pretty boring, possibly maybe even pretty rote or have sort of a, kind of a chit-chat quality about them and maybe don't quite get to the heart of the matter. Um, so you know those kinds of prayers. They're the kinds of prayers that I often will sort of just lob in the general direction of heaven. Help me, be with me, safety for that person. Give me some sort of vague blessing. Lord, just, just be with me. Here's the thing that I know about those kinds of prayers for me personally, and I think it's probably true for most of us. Um, they don't really change our heart. They don't really teach us about how to be in a relationship with the living God. They don't create an expectation in us that God actually is working in us and through us and around us. But there is a way to pray that moves us from this kind of passive spiritual boredom to really passionate engagement with God, what God is doing in the world. There's a a way to move from being spiritually stuck and sort of rote to being really spiritually transformed and changed in our prayer life. There is a way to move from sort of mindless repetition uh, to a sort of a bold and a radical faith. There is a way for our prayers to leave just simple, vague safety behind and lead us into a life that's fully learning and eager to trust in God and God's activity and God's provision for us. The prayers during this series called, you know, that we've called Dangerous Prayers are, are examples of those kinds of prayers. That way to pray that leads us into something much more deeper and dynamic. Prayers like, search me, empower me, send me, and cleanse me. They all come from Scripture and uh, they are dangerous. And I'm eager to share today's first one today with you, simply called uh, Search Me. So let's pray and we'll dig in. 
Well, Lord, thank you for giving us uh, the morning that you've given to us already. I am so enamored of the way that um, ice crystals flow from the sky and onto the ground in this really beautiful way. Really, a, even a promise to me that uh, by your grace, you will make our sins white as snow. And Lord, we pray that you would do that. Lord, we also recognize that there's much about our lives and our world that needs your word. There needs to be an opportunity for your word to be heard and responded to and lived in boldly and bravely. And part of that just comes from simply knowing the word and hearing it. So, Lord, we just want to open up the um, eyes of our heart right now. That you would do that for us. As we come before you today, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. If you are our Lord, rock and redeemer. Amen. Okay, so today's passage comes from Psalm 139. It's a psalm that uh, many um, Christians uh, will know, will uh, love uh, portions of it. You might, uh, some of it might already be sort of resonating in your mind right now, just this idea that God has knit us together, that he has made us from the very beginning. And almost all of the psalms, if you didn't know this already, are, were meant and were created to be sort of a prayer book and a worship book. Uh, when they were first written. And Psalm 139 is, so, is, uh, is actually no different. In fact, one of the things that's great about Psalm 139 is it is prayed directly to the Lord. Like we, I, me, are saying something directly to the Lord of the universe. It's 24 verses long, and at another time, it really would be worth it for you to sit down in a comfortable place where you can still pay attention and read it out loud, phrase by phrase. Work to know it and study it. Maybe even buy a, um, a simple commentary on the Psalms to get down even a level deeper as you seek to understand what it is you might be praying aloud. Let them echo. Let these prayers echo in your mind. Let them sort of be even a sort of a school of prayer for you. But today, as we seek to just understand this really dangerous prayer, we're just going to read the last two verses of Psalm 139. Let's go there right now, shall we? Here they are. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I wonder if you've ever heard that and have... Uh, even ever thought of it as a dangerous prayer. Search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See me and show me my offensive ways. Lead me. You know, one of the things that I notice about my own prayer life, and one of the things that I think is true in general it's very seldom do we spend time in prayer with the Lord, inviting the Lord to help us take stock of what's going on within us. Almost all of our prayers are sort of external to us. Most of our prayers are, uh, sort of are 
start with the baseline assumption that there are things out there that are more important than the things that are in here. Is that you? I know that it's me. That's why this prayer can be difficult and also dangerous to pray. Because essentially what we're saying, Lord, is, is, Lord, would you pierce our hearts to the point of action? Will you let this time of prayer be more than just about something that happens out there, but something that happens in here and changes the way that I interact with the people and circumstances and places that I will be in today? Praying this has the potential to really convict you personally and to correct you and to change you. As I was saying, I really do encourage you to pray the whole psalm aloud. Note God's loving character at the beginning of it. Note that everything uh, is daylight to him. There is no place that is fully and finally hidden from God. Note that God knit us together, lovingly brings us uh, to creation and knows us, sees us. There's a deep and abiding love that's at the very heart of the way God sees you. And then, very slowly, friends, with maybe a pen and journal even in hand, pray each of these last final phrases especially. Be ready to hear from God. Be ready to ask yourselves, what do I need to hear and do? You know, it's, we've been learning this pattern of prayer in our common space groups throughout the fall, and we'll hear it again as the common space groups begin in just the next couple of weeks. God speaks, we listen, and we respond. God speaks. And this dangerous prayer really is an invitation for God to rummage around in our hearts, to speak to us about some of the things that we're afraid to say out loud to anybody. We're inviting God to speak to us. I just want to go through each of these phrases quickly and in a sort of a focused way. Um, Very uh, before we move to this next time of of, uh, singing. So let's just simply look at this simple little phrase. Lord, will you search me? Open up to God. I sort of picture like sort of an envelope of all the clippings of my life. All the things that I've shut down and wanted to hide away. Lord, I said, Lord, search me. Take these things. Pull out the things that I need to know and see. The things that you most want me to know today. See, here's the thing. I think oftentimes it's very easy for me to pretend that I am good at heart. It's very easy for me to ignore that there are things that are true about me that, are, that are, should be troubling to me and would be troubling to others around me and would certainly be troubling uh, to the Lord. See, the thing is, is Scripture is really clear. Usually there's something sort of kind of going on underneath the surface that's, that's troubling. And we see it in lots of places. You know, we see it, um, you know, Jesus, we see in the Gospels, uh, it says, uh, it says that uh, he entrusted himself to no, no man because he knew what was in the human heart. And here we see this brief little passage from Jeremiah chapter 17. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is beyond cure. Who can understand it? See, oftentimes we lie to ourselves about our motives, our desires, our habits. So we start this prayer to simply say, Lord, 
Um, you show me the places that I hide. Nothing is hidden from you in the end, God. Will you show me so that I also know what you know? Will you search me out and let me hear from you? Is that a scary thing? I want you to think about some of the things that just come to mind for you quickly and easily, even as you think about saying this prayer. Can you imagine saying those things to your closest friend or your spouse? You see, the heart is deceitful above all things. And the Lord wants to do something different with us. And it begins with a simple prayer. Search me. Search me out. And then this next sort of command or imperative as we pray to the Lord. Lord, will you know my anxious thoughts? Will you test them? See, there are many things that actually, whether we think about it or not, we are keeping in our hearts and our minds. We're, we're seeking to keep them from God. We're hoping to close them off. We don't want to trust and entrust God with that thing. Something where we are sort of gripped with fear or um, anxiety. Let me ask you, what are the things that sort of cause your heart rate to race even while you're trying to go to sleep? Is there something that's going on um, in a classroom? If you're still a student, are, are, do you have anxiety about your grades? If you're married, is there something that's causing deep anxiety about your marriage and you just don't, you don't know how to give it away to God? Maybe something going on with your children. There's something you see that is deeply heart-wrenching about what you, you see about the trajectory of your children. And it just burns. Lord, will you know my anxious thoughts? Maybe it's something even just going on in your own body. And it keeps you up at night and it wakes you up in the morning. You see, the thing about anxieties, the things that, about the things that we uh, think in this way, they, they actually, they're the things that they, they show us the places where we've not yet learned how to trust God. We've not yet learned how to hand those, those things over to the Lord of the universe. And so we clutch them, hoping to control them in, in really a way that we cannot. When you think about those things, you might be on to something that needs to be given to God. Something that you are still seeking to uh, control, navigate, move through under your own power. And the psalmist leads us with this simple, simple question. Lord, will you know these things? I want to learn how to trust you with them. Search me out. Know my anxious thoughts. I want to give them to you. And not just the thoughts, but the actual details themselves. Lord, I, I want them to belong to you. So search me. Know my anxious thoughts. Lord, I want you to see if there's an offensive way within me. Again, friends, oftentimes we don't look inward deeply long enough. We might say, Lord, forgive me, and we move on. But the psalmist here invites us to really pause, to really be known, to really let the Lord do heart surgery on us, to be searched 
to have our anxious and our thoughts and our anxieties exposed and to see how we've been handling those in a way that might be actually offensive to God. So we have an actual, we have a real problem. And uh, you'll see it here in Romans 3, 23. You might, might know this verse. It's uh, talked about often when we talk about the problem that humanity faces in its spirituality. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we pray this prayer, we're saying, Lord, I, I think it's time that my sins be uncovered. I want you to sort of lay bare what's not just going on in my mind and my heart, but I want to lay bare before you. I want you to even then show me the things that I actually have done, the things that I've left undone. Show me the ways where my actions have actually been offensive to you. Show me the places where when I've done nothing, I um, have done um, damage to your fame and to your glory. Show me the places where um, I've acted or not acted in a way where I've, I've created distance between you and between me. You see, like this psalm, God wants to do, God wants to do something with those things. You know, it says right there, don't stop at verse 23 in Romans, because Romans 3.24 also is really important, and it's part of the same thought. Here it is. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, what we see in this psalm, and the part that we didn't get to read today, and what we see in this simple little passage is this. We can come before the Lord with all that is offensive to him, because it's already his impulse and his desire to lovingly bring us back to him. And he wants our hearts and our lives and our minds to change because we've received that grace. And sometimes that starts with sort of mapping it all out. Maybe it's time for the sin that you've not been dealing with to be dealt with by God. Maybe it's time for the things and the actions and the activities that, that uh, seek, seem to create sort of a division between you and God and you know it, but you've, you've not named it, you've not addressed it, you've not even actually gone to the Lord. Maybe it's time to spend deep, concentrated time saying, Lord, see if there are the, offen what the offensive ways are in me. See this. And Lord, will you deal with it freely by your grace? Will you deal with it because you're the one who has lovingly knit me and together and created me? So far, these three commands have almost been sort of uh, sitting commands to the Lord. Will you search me? Will you test me? Will you see my offensive ways? And then finally, we get to something that might sort of be some up and movement for us. Finally, Lord, will you lead me in the way everlasting? You see, when you, say, when you, when you pray these prayers... When you do this first dangerous prayer, the Lord's going to show you some things also you need to do. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to change your life. It's going to transform your life. In fact, it's going to help your life become conformed to what God always wanted you to be in Christ. But that means getting up. That means listening to the Lord and responding to step out and Follow the ways of God based on everything that he just has lovingly shown you. Those things do not need to, to paralyze you or freeze you. They need to be acknowledged and then redeemed by the only one who can redeem them, and that is Jesus Christ. Will you lead me 
See, this is, a, this is the call of the disciple. It requires humility and attention. Lord, all these things are true about me. Now I, I want to follow you. I want to live in step with you. Like it says in Galatians, I want to live in step with the Spirit. I want what's most true about God to becoming more true and the most true thing also about me. Because the prayer is really intense. And also it is the way to the life abundant. Search me. Test me. Show me my sin and lead me. A, a final illustration um, before we have the, the worship leaders come back up. And it's just about sort of a, sort of a, a medical analogy. Um, something I've not been able to shake since I've been reading this uh, psalm this week. Um, over the last couple of years, I've had a series of, of somewhat frustrating uh, medical things kind of just going on within me. They actually have been one of those anxieties that I've just, I've been trying so hard to control. I've not given to the Lord. I've had uh, some, some really consistent and common like numbness in my legs and in my arm and in my, in my face. And it's caused me a lot of distress, a lot of anxiety. Um, and do you know what? This is, this is, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but in, only until recently, I, I, just, I haven't re- ever gone to the doctor for it. I've, I've had this thing going on with me. I've, I've never gone truly to the doctor for it. I had more than this nagging sense that something was going wrong with me and with my body, but I simply would just not go to the specialist to figure it out. I don't want to get into all of it, but I have such a, a greater sense of uh, relief because there's actually just a very simple course of treatment. And friends, what's been true of my body, I think, is often true for many of us in our hearts and in our souls. We know there's something agitating. We know that there's something wrong. But we're just not willing to go to the great physician to actually have it addressed So as a result, our heart, our minds, our souls are never quite at rest in God the way that they are meant to be. Which means we're also never quite as free as we want to be in Christ to live as we are called to live. So we we don't do anything about it. In fact, oftentimes it's kind of the reverse. Uh, Similarly, in another medical way, I I had... um, I had, a, I had a, a surgery on sort of a lower abdomen um, kind of hernia thing uh, three years ago or so. And as the, as the surgeon was, you know, talking to me the, in the pre-op um, in a way that felt surprising to me, he, he poked it. And when he, when he poked this point in my pain, I slapped it. I literally, automatically, without even thinking about it, like the doctor's nice guy, gentle, bedside manner, he pokes this thing. And I went, bam. And he's like, Wow. Oh. <laughs> and I actually think oftentimes that's what we do with God. We don't want God actually to get too close to the point of pain. But friends, this is the only way to be healed. To invite the Lord in, to go to the great physician, to trust that God wants to do something important with you, and just uh, begin with this simple but uh, dangerous prayer. One more time. Let me give you these four. See if you can begin to memorize them for your own prayer life. Uh, Lord, will you search me? 
Will you know my anxious thoughts? Will you see my offenses? Lord, will you lead me? So, friends, as we, uh, as we sing this uh, next song, if you have a moment during it, um, we'd invite some questions, comments about what you've heard today. I have a little interaction with you um, right after this. So, but for now, why don't we uh, sing and question and give God the glory? Um, okay, a little bit of a little bit of an experiment here. Um, I think if uh, if you're seeing me and Ash, um, it's too late to ask your question, <laughs> probably. So uh, sorry about that. But as we were uh, uh, singing, a couple questions that uh, came forward. So uh, the first thing I want to actually talk about, um, you know, avoiding the dock for months. This quick little comment uh, from uh, the Walters. Um, Amy's here, and uh, one of the things she said uh, during this time is, Eric, you have to tell them more. Um, so they Yeah, don't. it's a little alarming when yeah, you just sorry, I drop know. that in the middle of nowhere. I know, I'm sorry. So uh, very quickly, uh, so far it, it seems uh, there's a simple uh, form of treatment for what they are uh, um, so far assuming are just simple migraines that are manifesting themselves in sort of a uh, scary way to me. So uh, we have sort of a course of, of some supplements and sleep and some other things, and uh, <laughs> so far, so good. So Moral uh, of the story is you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next, uh, you want to kind of do them in order? Yeah. I mean, right. Daniel asks a great question of what's the most dangerous prayer you've ever prayed, Eric? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you want me to go first? Yep. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to mind uh, to me uh, is actually uh, actually the the, um, the opening lines of a of a of a worship song and a hymn that was sung uh, at my ordination, and then at both my uh, my my first service in Berkeley and and my my installation here, and that is uh, take my life and let it be consecrated uh, to thee. And uh, is there anything more encompassing than like here here's all of it, and you know take it and let it be consecrated. <laughs> Uh, let it become what it needs to be for your sake and, and for your glory. I want you to have it. Uh, and in each of those places, I both was, uh, both, all three of those times, I've been really uh, overwhelmed by a sense of God's presence and grace and um, a little scared, actually, about what that might mean uh, for me in the long run. Uh, what, about, what about you? What came to mind for you? Yeah, it's, it's one of the ones we're actually going to talk about in this series, but I think it's always scary to ask God to send you somewhere. Um, you know, I think a couple of years ago when Matt and I were just trying to decide of what was next for us, um, and he he was here, and I certainly was in a fairly comfortable upward mobility job and really was asking the Lord to send me to a specific corner of the world, um, which just happened to be here at Grace Commons. But uh, I, I just think when we we ask him to do it, what we hear is often not necessarily what we're super excited to hear. It doesn't make a lot of sense on paper. Um, so that has definitely been a, a challenge for me in, in getting sent places. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Did you uh, have one you wanted to talk about? Yeah. I mean, uh, Laurel and Warner and um, someone else sort of talked about this, this 
what does testing really look like from God? And, you know, there's the difference between tempting mm. and testing. And so I, I wonder right. if you kind of want to cover both of those. And sure. Uh, very, very quickly, I'll, I'll do my best. And, and I think um, everyone has a slightly different way to try to talk about this. I, for me, I often think about the difference between a, a test and a temptation and a consequence, actually. And all three of those the Lord can use, uh, you know, by his grace and uh, sovereignty in our lives. So uh, a test sometimes is really simply just a, a difficulty, a, a barrier, uh, something that's in the way of you uh, seeking to follow Christ or to be the kind of disciple you want to be or a circumstance. It just seems you, you cannot uh, remove it. Um, but that it doesn't necessarily related to your own sort of own personal spiritual uh, place before the Lord when it comes to sin or something else. Uh, temptation is obviously those things right there in front of you. When you have, uh, you sort of been given like the you can choose, you choose the way of the Lord or you choose the way of the flesh. And when you're tempted in that way, um, sometimes that can feel like a test. When you have these tests that aren't related to that. Oftentimes, there still is that question. Do I, do I respond to this test or to this temptation with the way of the Lord? Or do I respond to it in the way of the flesh? And the Lord still does actually use the consequences. You know, when we, are, when we do say, Lord, I want, you know, I want you to search me out. Show me the ways that are offensive. That doesn't mean that your life is over with God. God actually can still use those things and allow them to be redeemed and transformed for his glory. Um, but that's the way I think about all three of those. Uh, close for you too, or would you say something? Different? No, I, I think that's totally spot on. I think of Paul when he's sort of asking for the thorn in his flesh to be removed, and we, we don't necessarily know exactly what that was. But similarly, of you know, it's something that's sort of standing in the way of us being the disciple we want to be. Mm -hmm. I think is a great way to say that. Last question. Yeah. Um, we got asked if we've ever actually prayed this prayer, and what did God say? Oh God. Um, I, I'll just say this. Um, I had a, a mentor in my life challenge me to pray Psalm 139 for 60 days straight. Um, and so while I can say certainly I have prayed this prayer, I think something that Eric touched on and I think what we're going to learn in this series is you can pray things fairly easily. But what, whether or not you choose to listen and um, sort of let God speak back to you is, is really the key factor in all of this. So I won't go into details of what God did in that, but I, I think that's the challenge to us is not only to pray these prayers, but to, to actually listen and engage with what God wants to say back to us. Yeah, sure. Um, so let me just say something briefly about that. I, I, I've been praying this pretty specifically this, throughout this week. I'm wanting to sort of uh, be able to come before you and say that I've been doing it. Um, but I, I guess I also would say during this time when I was away this fall, I'm not sure that I ever quite specifically prayed uh, these two verses. But certainly the time that I had with the Lord uh, during this fall uh, definitely had a sort of a resonance and um, with these particular prayers. Lord, search me. Um, know my anxious thoughts. Um, show me the offenses that you see. And would you lead me afresh? So it's actually, it's been a very, I mean, it's, it's actually been, one of the things I've noticed this week is it has actually been a, um, an, an outline in a certain way of what I, how I had been sort of in many ways uh, praying uh, throughout this fall. And 
Um, so uh, um, as, as far as what those details are, I, um, I really want to tell my wife and I want to continue to tell Jesus about them and maybe other couple of really, really close uh, friends. Hopefully you can do that uh, same thing. Um, uh, but for now, friends, thanks for those questions. That was, yeah. uh, that was a fun experiment for us. We might try doing it again. Uh, but for now, we're, uh, we're going to sing together. Um, let's uh, continue our time in worship and singing. <laughs>